You're listening to My Surrogacy Journey, the podcast. I'm Michael. I'm a father of two to two gorgeous children through UK surrogacy. And I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Wes, married to Michael. We're the founders of My Surrogacy Journey. Hello. As we told you last week, this episode is a bit of a special. It's a two-parter. And this is part two, isn't it, Wes? It is. It is. And I hope you have been eagerly waiting for this release. We've also got ourselves a brand new podcast sponsor too. Manchester Fertility is a centre of excellence for surrogacy in the Midlands and the north of England. A leading fertility clinic with over 35 years of experience building families for people within the LGBTQ community. With an established heritage and excellent success rates, they provide many fertility treatments and pathways for same-sex couples and single, trans, non-binary people and heterosexual couples from across the UK. Manchester Fertility are well known for their fantastic team of experts who provide the best patient care. So we're going to be talking to the incredible Megan Watson-Wing and Ed Watson, who are married and childless by choice. And they were even pregnant with someone else's baby on their wedding day. And we also have the lovely Gina and Ian Kinson, who are taking us through their experience. Right, gents, we're going to talk to you now. So, Ian, let's talk about... You know, when you were first introduced to surrogacy, you know, Gina first had that kind of conversation with you. What were your initial thoughts around surrogacy and what what your wife wanted to embark on? So from the first journey, it was very much a case of trying to get my head around why Gina wanted to be a surrogate for another person when she's already had three of her own children. uh, And we decided not to have any more of her own. Um, I went through a vasectomy, so I knew that wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. And then I just couldn't get my head around as to why she wanted to then um, do it for someone else. Um, but of course, I was very much uneducated on the whole surrogacy scene as such, yeah. or the whole, the whole world of surrogacy. And it weren't until we, we then learnt more, um, certainly myself. And Gina taught me quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Actually, she could, she taught me the ins and outs of surrogacy and, and the different kinds of surrogacy you can you can have, and effectively give me the the knowledge I needed to to make the decision as to whether it would be the right one for for me as a a partner and for her, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for her husband, and, her. and also pre- that prepares you then and educates you when you get some of those difficult yeah, questions. It, it equips you with yeah. The, the kind where of... People at work will go, oh, I can't believe you're letting your wife carry another baby for someone else. You know, like yeah. this archaic yeah. sort of narrative where you're, you're giving permission type. Lot, you know what I mean? So, exactly. did you get much resistance from people? Initially, I did. Yeah, and, and I did. I had that scenario where people said, "I can't believe you're you're letting your wife do this," and I said, "Well, firstly, it's not my choice. I mean, we have a joint decision to make, as it is anyway. But you know, Gina can do what she wants with her own body. At the end of the day, I'm there to support her. We are as a team. We didn't go into it cap in hand and just go straight away in the first two weeks. Let's gonna, we're going to do it. Yeah, it took months of preparation. Yeah, and I think that's key to any new partner or husband." Um, of a surrogate um, who is intended to do a journey mm-hmm. that they they learn as much as they can about the surrogacy process yeah absolutely yeah and and how long did you think it took you to to kind of get to that stage where you were really comfortable with it it probably was over a good three or four months period before i start realizing okay i get the reasons why gina wants to do it and um yeah especially when we first met Fran and Mark, you know, their first, um, the first IPs, 
you know, after meeting them initially, which was a nerve wracking thing anyway, um, you know, because we weren't. We, we don't know what you don't exactly, know. We're going into the unknown. But then after that initial meeting and, and having the knowledge prior to that meeting, you know, and understanding why they're looking for someone to carry a, a, a baby for them, it was a case of let's do it. You know, we, these are so deserving people after we got to know them. And we had numerous meetings before that decision. We came to that decision, but I said to Gina, that's it, you've got to do it now. They've, hmm. they've told me so much already that I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it is, it, it, everyone has a story, right? And yeah. look at you now, Ian. Gina's on her third journey. You've helped, you know, hopefully live three children through surrogacy yeah. that have, have been brought into the world through you as a family that just wouldn't be here if, if you hadn't agreed to work as a team with Gina to create a family. I just think it's absolutely amazing and this this is life-changing this is not you, you're having someone's dog for the weekend <laughs> you are which is also important yeah, right. by the way <laughs> Absolutely. but if you look at the scale like you know you're changing people's lives like michael and i wouldn't have our two children if dave and caroline weren't, weren't aligned. aligned and a team working together like both of you have described to help people create families is there anything ian you want to ask Ed from some of your, the journeys that you've been on or, you know, was there a particular moment in your journey as a, as the husband of a surrogate? I'm curious to see if there are any similarities with where your heads were both at. Yeah, I mean, I suppose with Ed, um, did you have any reservations yourself as to? Um, um, not really, because I, I, I kind of took it as a perspective of if this was me that wanted to have a kid or if it was my brother and his wife, if they were looking to have a kid and they, they didn't want to adoption or something like that, if they chose surrogacy as the route, I'd have loved to have someone like my wife or Gina and stuff like that, uh, other surrogates who would be willing to help out. And that was kind of my way of, OK, well, if I'm of that perspective, I'd love for someone to help my family out, my friends out then it, it just kind of cements to me how I th feel that this is a fantastic thing, this is the right thing to do. You, you get lots of people out there that have children and you kind of look at it thinking, is that the right choice for you? And then you meet people like, you, you just mentioned about your IPs and our IPs, they deserve to be dads. They shouldn't have to go through all the loopholes and go through all these different processes, but that's the world we live in. And the fact that we, we had the opportunity to help them become their family unit or or start to grow their family unit just kind of cemented that yeah no I'm, I'm this is this is right this is what I'd want to see what I want to happen yeah so it's a very very similar scenario to when I first started mm -hmm. and obviously you, you went through that exactly the same stages as I did um, before realizing yeah this we, we need people like Gina like your wife etc to take on board the responsibility of of of, of having someone else's child mm. um, it's in desperate need for their own children. Totally, yeah. totally. Ed, t talk, talk to us about, you know, your journey and how, you know, what, what were your work colleagues? How did you kind of talk to your immediate friends, family, work colleagues about what you as a team were proposing to do and, and kind of how was it received? With my work, they were absolutely fantastic. The, the, the industry I work in is, is all of that kind of open mindset of, Everyone has different situations and, and essentially our job is problem solving. And whether you're a, um, a non-hetero couple or whether you have fertility problems, this is a problem solving solution. It's if you want to build a family and you haven't got that capability, 
this is an option to do it. And everyone was just fantastic. They were just curious. And I think that's the um, the mindset that seems to work best in those conversations is a curious, open one. And they just wanted to know more and how they, how we were both feeling about it, how my wife was doing. And, and they were fantastic because I, I got the full two weeks parental leave to help Megan recover, which I thought was brilliant from the company because I'm aware that not everywhere does that. Um, and I think it's maybe they're just a bit more aware that there is a toll on on whoever's giving birth, whether they're keeping the child or not. Um, they need a bit of support. But um, yeah, they're all fantastic friends. Again, it's just curiosity. They just wanted to know, well, how did you get to that point? How did you meet these people? What are the tender parents like? All very easy conversations for us, really. Um, there, there was no, why, why, why would you let her do that? My, my perspective on it is we, we all kind of have one life. We all need to take every opportunity and make sure that when we die, we don't have any regrets. And I know that I definitely feel that Megan would have felt a regret if she hadn't had the opportunity to do this mm-hmm. or at least explore it. Whether mm-hmm. she, if she then wasn't fertile or something like that, then she would have been disappointed, but she would have moved on kind of thing. But to live without regrets is kind of the way that I look at it. And I think... A lot of the people I work with, a lot of my family, a lot of friends and stuff have that similar approach of, well, if this is what you want to do, if you'd regret not doing it, then fantastic, we'll support you all the way through. It's definitely a case of, um, for people like us, someone just starting out for the for the husbands, for the partners, then you need to educate yourself first, you know, before making that decision, not just yourself, but, you know, your, your, your wife or your partner who's going to be that surrogate for whoever, they need to educate themselves first. Yeah, an organisation such as MSJ and others out there can give you that support and you know backup that you need to make the decision before you you then take that step to go on your journey, whether it's your first, second, or third. Yeah, and I think it's about you know not being frightened, not being threatened. You know, try and open your mind to the possibility and and look at what that's going to do from a longer term point of view. I know that Gina and other surrogates and Meg have talked about, you know, what they get out of uh, surrogacy and how, you know, when they hand the baby over or they see the baby being handed over for the first time, it gives them this amazing sense of fulfillment. But I'm I'm assuming that's the same for you guys, right? You know, because you're a massive part of that. You know? how, how do you feel uh, in that moment? I think um, it, the way that whenever we were talking about it, me and Megan, uh, how we were gonna feel on the day and then how we felt afterwards, was always that we were babysitters for nine months. Uh, we was looking after this child and that ultimately they were the parents. Um, and when he was delivered and stuff, I didn't feel, oh, that's our baby, that's Megan's baby. It was, they were always gonna be the dads. And I, I think it helps that they are made to be parents and they just needed to, um, to have a child given to them. Um, and I think, see, kind of like what mentioned Meg mentioned around seeing them for the first time as a trio, seeing them for the first time as a family just kind of really cements. Mm. And validates. He, he's home kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where he should be. It's the best feeling i ever seen um, Mark's face um, when Evelyn was born. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't suppose you'll ever forget face. that, will you? You'll never forget that. <laughs> no, that. absolutely. I bored my eyes out just like he did. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it, it but I think we've got to realise from our perspective, it's an achievement for us as well, as Absolutely. well as for the leader, you know, because we, we go through a lot ourselves, whether it's the constant whinging from the ladies or <laughs> or the support we need to, to, to provide them in order to help them through the achievement themselves. I mean, a lot of people say to me that without me, Gina wouldn't have been able to do it. And I don't recognise it all the time, but I have now over on this third journey 
recognise actually, yeah, well, I do do a fair bit to, to keep things going and it is an achievement for me and myself. Totally. And it was just like what we're talking about with the glue, Ed, with, yeah. with, with you and your, your team and you being that glue. Mm. It's, you know, your, your role is fundamental, Ian, in this, as is any partner and, and, and spouse in this journey. Yeah, I, because think, I think the journey wouldn't be possible if you didn't play your part. Absolutely. You know, everyone plays a key part in that in that journey and the cogs don't turn if the part's missing. And I think you you all play that part, and it's it's just such an amazing part of it. And I think, you know, us talking about it now has really articulated it, and it's really kind this of brought out brilliant. the elements that people often don't see or hear, and or, I think, or, always, or always think about. Yeah, and I think there are quite often partners that aren't on board from the beginning, and we hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. And this episode is going to be really valuable to those men or women that maybe are on the fence or not quite there yet. So I really appreciate you both being so honest and, and sharing how you feel and have felt. You're both legends. It's a pleasure. Well. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, no problem. So much. So let's now talk specifically to Meg and Gina. Now, we're just all about trying to get perspective right. You know, we've heard from Ed and Ian about their perspective. Let's get it from, from yours, you know. Talk to us about friends and family. You know, how did friends and family, you know, when you first approached wanting to be a surrogate, you know, Gina, how was that for you? Why on earth would you want to do this? Somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> um, I think everyone is automatically assumes that you love to be pregnant, which for me isn't the case. <laughs> no, we know. Um, and why is that? Just share why, why, if you don't mind. I don't find pregnancy particularly easy. I'm very aware of the fact that I'm very lucky to be able to carry children so easily. Um, and I'm very conscious of the fact that my body does it well. Um, I find it quite an emotional roller coaster and physically tough, especially carrying sort of later in your 40s so everyone just assumes that you enjoy it which is why you want to do it whereas for me it's more I always refer to it as my marathon so it's my achievement um, so why anyone would want to run a marathon is beyond me <laughs> but they do um, you know why anyone would want to climb Mount Everest is beyond me mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to be out of breath or perspiring etc but to be able to and achieve a pregnancy or to go through something that takes time and effort and support from other people to put yourself through something, for me, is very empowering. So I see it as a real achievement that I've achieved something huge for myself as well as for somebody else. And I'm into that because mm -hmm. you have... I guess same question to Meg, really. Yeah, so um, my friends and family were, it, it was a mixture. They weren't surprised because it's very much so something that I would just wake up on a Tuesday and decide to do and <laughs> put about two hours of research into it and be like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm stubborn enough to be like, this is what I want to do. But also in the sense of they couldn't understand how I didn't want my own children. Mm -hmm. but I would have children for other people. And I think that's probably fair that they would, uh, because mm -hmm. I think that might be my first thought, you know, yeah. how could you put yourself through all of that? And, but then still, and your viewpoint doesn't change, which I, which I just have 
even more respect for yeah and i think i like i completely understood where they were coming from but i think when they saw you know the the many sort of milestones that we reached like being told that everything was okay down there and that i could you know meet ips and then hearing about the ips that i had spoken to like it, i got to celebrate with them as well and they also felt involved with it it wasn't like i was doing it on my own and it was just me and edward and that's it like every it was a, a family effort and they were really supportive and any sort of concerns they did have they they asked me because i have that relationship with them where we're just honest with each other and we just voice what we think when we think it <laughs> some families might not uh work that way but we certainly do and yeah and then the more they got to know our ips and you know see pictures of us going out to the theater together and they realized like oh it's not just like a i'm their surrogate and that's that it's like we're friends as well mm -hmm. and it's it's like we're helping two of our friends now um but yeah they were they were really supportive inquisitive but supportive good and ladies let's let's talk about when you'd kind of you're going through the process yourself before you'd had the conversation with ian and ed what were your views on how you were going to approach it and what were the kind of some of the potential worries or apprehension that you had it was very different the reality was very different to what i first imagined surrogacy to be like um i didn't think it would be so much of an up and down. I was sort of quite naive thinking it was going to be the same as my own pregnancies. It's definitely not. Um, there's different challenges and different ways of thinking and feeling. I, I knew I didn't have any concern about bonding with the baby. I knew I wouldn't have any difficulty giving the baby back to their parents. That wasn't the issue. It was about how I was going to cope with the pregnancy and it's a lot more up and down but there are, the highs and lows are huge at the same time so the roller coaster ride is an enjoyable one rather than just sort of being on a flat i mean for me i'm someone who kind of has like word vomit 24 7 i don't really have a filter and if, it, if it's in here it'll come out in seconds and because I know the relationship that I have with Edward and we were friends first and whatnot, I just sort of went, oh, how do you feel about me being a surrogate? And he was like in the middle of a what it was like the highest like accounting time of the year. And he was really stressed out. And he was like, what? And I was like, how do you feel about me being a surrogate? He's like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, we'll talk about it later. And then we circled back <laughs> round to it. And he was like, right, why do you want to be a surrogate? And I explained it to him. And he was like, yeah, that makes complete sense. But, you know, I know that that's not the reality for a lot of people. And the idea of their partner, like, signing a birth certificate that, you know, for a baby that's not yours, mm -hmm. for a partner, that can be very, like, off-putting and daunting. Yeah. And that's understandably so. But it's one of those things where until you've gone through the whole journey you won't know how easy it can be. Yeah. Like it's it's not a fun process. I'm in the middle of it at the moment. It's a lot of paperwork and it's a lot of time, but it is, it's not like the worst part of a journey, if that makes sense. And yeah, just being, I, I literally just said to Edward, would you mind if I did it? And he was like, oh yeah, fine, cool. You, Sounds like something you would do, sure. <laughs> and, and, and clearly, look at yeah. it now. Do you remember the first time you mentioned it to Ian? 
Yes, I think I got over enthusiastic <laughs> a little bit. Did you faster. peak? Yeah, <laughs> I kind of sort of it kind of snowballed for me. And the more I learned and the more research I did, the more enthusiastic I got about it. <laughs> Whereas Ian, bless him, took a little bit longer to catch up. And I think that's where a lot of surrogates and their partners approach this is where the surrogate has been thinking about this for a long time. They have got sort of done a little bit of research they've been dreaming about it it's on their mind but they haven't had that conversation with their partner and mm -hmm. their partner needs to have a little bit of time to catch up so quite often we feel like we know everything and we mm -hmm. want to put all that information and share that information with them but sometimes we forget to slow down a little bit and let them catch yeah. up and it's okay for it to feel daunting like of course it's going to it's it doesn't it not only turns your life upside down but it turns you and your partner's life mm -hmm. upside down and changes how you work as a dynamic but you know any sort of stable relationship should stem from honesty and just talking about it and I think if you go into it saying like, look, I've I've spent an hour looking into it or a day or a week, just bring it up, rip the bandage off, just talk about it. Like this, the, the worst thing it's going to be is, no, I'm not comfortable with you doing it. That's the worst thing. Mm -hmm. but everything else you can kind of work with and you can, you know, if Edward said to me, no, I'm not happy with it, we would have a conversation about it. We would say, Why? What what are your problems and are they something that you can overcome? Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then absolutely I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put you through that because like we've been saying, you are just as important mm. as me and the IPs as well. Sometimes that's all they need though, isn't it? It's that acknowledgement that their views can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, that they and they're listened to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gina, you speak to many of our surrogates. You interacted with Meg in the early days. And we, we hear from many surrogates whose partners aren't on board. What do you hear frequently about the reasons maybe why they're not? Not to belittle any of the partners, but it comes from a lot from naivety. So uh -huh. it's just that lack of knowledge. So it's, it's, it's the lack of knowledge knowing how it's going to impact them mm -hmm. and their lives and their relationships. And the more information that you can give them and the more time and the more space and allow them to sort of catch up with you and, and your thoughts and why you want to do something and how it's going to impact them directly, then often that's when their viewpoints change and that's when they do start to, to get on board. And that's how Ian got on board, is that the more he learnt, the more he realised what it meant to me mm -hmm. and how it was going to impact us together, he very quickly changed his viewpoint. How did Ian feel about being the legal parent of uh, your surrogate children until the PO was? Because I think that's one thing that a lot of people struggle with is to understand that they have you know, this legal responsibility. How did, how did you and Ian approach that? That was one of his major issues, was the fact that he didn't want responsibility for somebody else's child. He didn't want that legal responsibility. And I think initially he thought, would it impact him on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, would he then have to put himself forward? Would he be liable for certain aspects of the child's health? Or would he have to start signing paperwork? Would he have to give up time? It did worry him hugely. But when we spoke to other people about it and we actually looked into the ins and outs and the reality of it, it was more sort of 
a case of paperwork rather than actual mm-hmm. um, and again, physical. And that's not that's because the information isn't always readily available or not many people were talking about it at, at, when you you did your first journey and just trying to find others that have, have been in that situation and, and how they navigated it. Mm-hmm. And I think for Edward, he, we were both naive, like we weren't to know how surrogacy works. And then, you know, you were both really informative and Gina, you were informative. And when we were starting out and also the fact that we had IPs that, knew everything already and they were just as organized as us and any question we had they could answer if if you guys weren't available in that minute you have to put trust in your ips you know like if if you're edward never looked at it as like a a worry and i didn't look at it as a a worry because i knew that this isn't a new thing. Like there are systems in place, the systems that I don't agree with, <laughs> like, you know, who's on a birth certificate from, you know, when a baby is born, but I, d- I don't think it phased him, but we didn't really need to put a lot of thought with it because we had you guys behind us and you guys kind of did that. <laughs> you did that thinking and that legwork for us. And so did our intended parents. So it's understandable if for it to be something that would be, off put in or would make someone maybe not want to do it Mm -hmm. but it is paperwork at the end of the day it's just names on a bit of paper that will eventually be changed it's not forever if that makes sense Mm -hmm. just like an awful pregnancy won't last forever your symptoms won't last forever and you know having your name on a birth certificate won't last forever it will change and it will go to the right people that should be on the birth certificate. (laughs) You should have to give it time. (laughs) Well, that was another great episode. Don't forget, if you need your podcast fixed, we're back every Monday, proudly sponsored by Manchester Fertility, a leading fertility clinic with over 35 years of experience building families for people within the LGBTQ plus community. If you want to find out more about My Surrogacy Journey, then please head over to our website, mysurrogacyjourney.com or find us on Instagram, official My Surrogacy Journey. And if you like this episode, then please subscribe to the series and we'll have another episode coming out weekly. Thank you for listening. We have been your My Surrogacy Journey podcast hosts. Goodbye. Goodbye.